now the writer strike is over with a new contract that includes protections against AI, cost of living increases, better pay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 153, a podcast that talks about movies, TV, pop culture, strikes ending. In the midst of a world burning around us, I am your host, as always, Carter Sims, joined today by my trusty co-writer of the Rough Cut Retrospective. It's Jackson McEwren. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I am doing well. We have a very exciting episode that we uh, didn't plan on, but I'm happy that it's here. Uh, Mm -hmm. The strike's over for the writers. They got their deal. So we're going to discuss that. Still holding out on the actors, but... uh, We're going to discuss the WGA, their deal, what they got, what they didn't get, all that fun stuff. You excited? I am so excited to learn about the industry today. Woohoo! Education today. But first, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What were you into this week, pal? I was into a few things. I think four key movies. Uh, I checked out Theater Camp, finally. Uh, it's on streamers somewhere. Hulu, Ooh, I remember I where I watched it. Is it Hulu? Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, check that out. Super fun. Huge fan. Jimmy Tatro is underrated, I think. Is he um, like playing himself or is this? It, it is kind of the character that he tends to play. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of his stuff is kind of like bro-y humor, but I think yeah. he does it really well. And he's kind of really endearing in this. Um, really on top is. of that... Uh, because I watched Treasure Planet last week, I checked out Muppet Treasure Island to see uh, how it would compare. And I got to say, I like Treasure Planet more. Mm. I think this is really fun. Shout out to uh, Tim Curry, you know, doing his thing. True. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was good. It was cute. Yeah, I actually, uh, I watched Treasure Planet for the first time, too, for our Disney mm-hmm. episode. And I liked it, too. I was pleasantly surprised. And Martin Short comes in and like the. Yeah. The final half hour. I'm like, oh man, we saved Martin Short. It was great. For that long, yeah. He's Love good. That. Um, then I checked out There Will Be Blood, which is my second PTA movie that I've seen, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, might start getting into those. This is on our top 100 list. So I am excited to talk about that one day. Oh, yeah. Um, it got to the part where you see in like every film bro TikTok edit of like the best acting ever. And it's like, I've lost. I've abandoned my boy. That stuff was I've pretty good. My child. I think the best acting scene is like at the end of the movie, though. Am I? I opinion. drink your milkshake. I, I drink your milkshake is really good. Iconic. Um and yeah, Paul Dano is like acting his ass off in that. Underrated. Too, so. Underrated yeah, in that movie. Super underrated, I think. Yeah. Um and then finally, I checked out Wes Craven's Scream. Yes. Uh, this week, which was amazing i did not think i would love it as much as i do i i wanted to get into some more horror movies this month of october i think i'm going to start uh watching some of the classics and this was kind of the first attempt at that and i instantly fell in love nice uh the whole drew barrymore scene i knew that it was like a fake out that they did for promotion which is awesome but i did not realize how intense the first 10 minutes of this movie would be oh man it was edge of your seat uh, great performance, great cast, and yeah, they do some really fun, creative stuff. Like the the shot of the bathroom, like boots coming down, and then like slowly, like the the costume reveal, like underneath the <laughs> stall, is really cool. And there's this whole scene of like uh, our main 
protagonist, she, the final girl, she's like in the car and um what's his what do they call him? Ghostface? Ghostface, Ghostface has like the keys yeah. and he's like slowly unlocking the doors just to run back and forth and like unlock all of them and <laughs> then the trunk opens. Oh, like there's some cool stuff there. Um that I really enjoyed so much so that I have added it to our RCR top 100 and removed Nightcrawler because boom. I rewatched Nightcrawler recently and I think it's kind of not as good as I remember it. But Scream deserves to be on that list. Huge. Yeah. What about you? What have you been into this week? Uh, a couple things. Uh, first, I've been into our TikTok. If you yeah. want, if you want to plug that real quick, tell yeah. them all the fun stuff you've been doing over there. Our TikTok is at roughcut underscore pod, just like our Instagram. If you don't want to type that in, you can go to our Instagram if you follow us and go to our link tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it is titled Unreal. That's what we did. So it has more search engine optimization. And it's kind of a cool little separate little brand that we got going over there. So, yeah, we post video stuff. We post clip from the podcast and we post like movie trivia stuff. So if you want to guess the movie by the frame or guess it by the cast or just want some uh, movie recommendations, uh, go over there. I think we have some good stuff. Mm -hmm. And hopefully someday we still stand in solidarity, obviously, with the actors. So hopefully Mm -hmm. we can post reviews soon of of new movies we're checking out. So, yeah. But until then, we're still posting some really cool stuff, and Jackson is making all that. It's amazing. So go check that out, please. Um, Wonderful. Yes. So I've been into a couple things. I finally both started and finished Ahsoka uh, this week. Uh, And I will let you know that I thought it was fine. And tune in on Tuesday for a little bonus episode that me and friend of the pod, Davey, will be recording to see our, our thoughts there. I'm sure he'll love it way more than I did. But we will see. Jeff seemed to like it too, which kind of surprised me. I think if you're like a big Clone Wars guy, like it's right up your alley, but maybe the casual Star Wars fan isn't going to be so so into it. I don't know. I will preface the talk on Tuesday by saying that a lot of homework is required. (laughs) Great. Say that. And I did I do the homework? Yeah. Uh, I did not do the homework. So we'll talk about that more. Check us out on Tuesday for that, our conversation there. But uh, I went and saw The Creator, the the new sci-fi Gareth Edwards movie, nice. uh, his first one since Rogue One, which is kind of crazy. I hadn't realized that he hadn't made one in seven years. So maybe because, you know, he lost creative control on that. Tony Gilroy <laughs> came in and was like, hold my beer. So some of that happened. But I really liked The Creator. It's so close to being like the Blade Runner 2049 for us. Really? Like the, like the be- next best great sci-fi. But like, I don't know. It has some weird conclusions on AI. Like without mm-hmm. spoiling the movie, it's kind of, I don't know, some it's kind of pro AI in some parts. And I had complicated thoughts on that. Um, but there's really cool visuals. There's some really awesome stuff. There's really cool devices and ideas that I've never seen before. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And John David Washington, he's so close, man. To is, did he is he back? Is he not back? He's just like, I don't know. He's just like a vessel for which things happen in the movie. So like, mm. and there's like a weird kind of without spoiling also. I mean, you can see in the trailer, there's a weird like father daughter type deal yeah. going on with the the kid he's like ushering through. And I don't know if that's his lane. Um, I don't know what his lane is right now. I think he needs to refine it. But is his best movie still The Black Klansman? I think so. I think that's dang like that energy is I what I want from him more. Mm. Um, I haven't liked anything he's in. I know people were not high on Tenet. I still like Tenet. 
but I don't know. We'll we'll see if he if he finds his groove again. But so that was good. I enjoyed that. It's a visual visually awesome. If you want to go check that out. And speaking of visually something, uh, saw ten Jackson. Uh, saw ten what? I saw ten <laughs> movies before Saw Ten. No, I haven't seen any of the Saw movies except the first one and uh, the Chris Rock one that came out like two years ago. That was terrible. Spiral. Yes. Um, but Saw 10, I will say now people are saying that it's the best one since the original and having not seen any of the other ones, I can also say that, I guess, um, (laughs) it was pretty good for a Saw movie, obviously going in, you know, it's going to be some body horror, gross, Mm -hmm. gross out stuff, but there were some fun twists and turns in there. Uh, some good, uh, John Kramer content in there. I, I enjoyed it. I had fun with it and yeah, so I'll leave it there. I don't know. I haven't seen any of the other Saw movies, so I can't speak to if it's the best since, but it was pretty yeah. good. So shout out to Saw. Shout out to Jigsaw, that little puppet on a little tricycle. He's amazing. Wonderful. Uh, with that, Jackson, should we get into the main shebang? Let's do it. Let's go on to Let's Talk. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk. you want to talk about and today as we mentioned last week uh after 148 days uh the writer strike came to an end the wga and the amptp reached a deal last week as of wednesday of last week the writers are back to work shows and writers rooms are, are back on the job late night shows have started up again all that is is back sans the actors still uh they are still on strike but the writers are back to work writing scripts and Hollywood is sort of slowly trying to trudge along, trying to boost California's economy again. But uh, yeah, we're going to discuss uh, a little bit about the deal that was made this past week. I don't know if Jackson, you looked at it. Have you looked at anything about the deal, what they got? Uh, I looked at a little bit, but I do not know much. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um Suffice it to say that the negotiations between the writers and the execs were anything but smooth. Uh, People thought this was going to end around Labor Day. I think that's what the producers were expecting to happen. That did not happen. (laughs) Uh, I think they started to sweat. And so they finally got their deal with some back and forth meetings last week. And the WGA are describing it as an overwhelming success, which is kind of cool. It sounds like they got some deals that they didn't think they were going to get that people thought that they it was a non-starter and would just abandon, but they did it. They voted to ratify the deal and it's expected to pass. And yeah, we're going to kind of discuss all of that. And pretty crazy that like back in May, back in May, it's been 20 episodes since uh, the writer strike started. <laughs> that just is so, crazy. Just for if you're keeping track at home. So we discussed what the writers wanted and the producers refused to give them. Today, we're going to see what they got, what it means going forward, and what it means for the industry as a whole as we kind of plunge forward. So, Jackson, first of all, I think I know the answer, but thoughts, reactions to the strike ending? Pleased? Uh, I am pleased. It seems like they're very happy. So, uh, you know, solidarity with the strikers. Hopefully, uh, you know, the Screen Actors Guild can get their stuff together soon and get all that sorted. But yeah, it seems like pretty good. Yeah, uh, I think it's first wise to start by saying 
that some people may not look at the aspects of the deal and think, oh, that's that's kind of all they got or what's going on. But I think it's important to note that these deals, these are still negotiations that will be ongoing, but like they're laying the groundwork yeah. for what they can do in the future. And they've made a lot of a lot of ground and in, in things that are good for the writers, but also good for the public at large, for actors that kind of is going to help them out in their cause. So yeah, this is a great starting point. And I think we should just just get into it. So there's kind of three main stipulations that I think we can cover that are kind of what the actors went to bat for. Yes, there are the obvious, you know, uh, health benefits, insurance benefits that increase that they got Mm -hmm. so that this can just this can be a full time job and not just like gig work that they rely on. So a sustainable way of living is what they were looking for. So they got it in that regard. But there's also three main areas. And we're going to start with the the issue of staffing uh, on shows, which is kind of uh, was a big contender. the WG negotiators pushed really hard to kind of increase minimum staffing requirements for writers rooms because it seemed like the studios were in the past, like trying to really limit the writers room to kind of cut down on costs and asking fewer writers to come up with more shows on tighter deadlines. Mm -hmm. So this is what the WGA asked for initially. They had, they had asked for at least six writers to work on each show is what they were, were looking for. Uh, but according to the agreement, the studios kind of agreed instead to three writers for six episode series, five writers for shows with seven to 12 episodes and six writers for shows with 13 or more episodes. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely a compromise, uh, not a broad, a broad scope or a broad paintbrush. And they also kind of punted on the idea when, when we talked in May, uh, there was the like one writer, single writer issue, like with a Mike White on White Lotus, yeah, mm-hmm. where they kind of were trying to accommodate that. But the compromise they made was that that's such a rarity that they kind of just let that one off to the the breeze. Yeah, from what I understand, it's like if you do decide to do that, it does have to be every single episode. Like you can't have right. like one guy write eight episodes and then get one person to do two others or something like that. Like it is all or you have to go by these guidelines. So Right. So I think that's a that's a big win for them. Had yeah. to compromise on that issue, but again, I think that's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Uh the Mike White rule is what they were, were calling it when they were <laughs> at the table. So I think that's good. I think that's a big dub for for the writers and the studios also conceded on the length of development rooms for shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so, when a show is under development, essentially they weren't paying writers when they were in like pre development and in like the development room, they weren't really getting compensated for that. Uh, so while a show is under development, the minimum staff will be quote. Guaranteed at least 10 consecutive weeks of work, which is great. And then after a show is greenlit, the minimum staff must be guaranteed at least 20 weeks or the duration of the post green light room, whichever is shorter. So mm-hmm. I think that's a, a a very big W. And it sounds like they're, once again, like it's trying to get away from the sentiment that I think the producers were creating that writers are just like, it was becoming like gig work. Like you'd work gig to gig and you wouldn't Mm -hmm. really have a stable job. So at least in this, in this sense, writers can feel secure in the current job they're in without having to fluctuate back and forth. So yeah, I think that's pretty solid. Um, Thoughts on all that. You think 
all good, some bad, something that could be improved as we move forward? Um, yeah, I think honestly, those are pretty decent. I I think I came across at one point too that some of the writers will get producer credits as well. I don't know mm. if that was something you were going to talk on. Um, and I know some people were worried that like maybe like new writers wouldn't have a higher chance of getting hired on because then it like some of those spots are going to be guaranteed producer credits as well. So like, you right. don't want to give that to the new person, but also someone made a point that maybe this is an opportunity for uh, people who like, at least have like some work under their belt to get promoted higher quicker. Um, so it, it maybe it's a, it's a trade-off that we'll have to pay attention to a little bit, but I think those are overall like really good uh, guidelines. And it seems like the WGA got a lot of what they wanted there. So. Totally. A uh, really good point to make about the writer-producer mm-hmm. complication, because obviously during the strike, there were a lot of writers that were also producers, so mm-hmm. the waters were a bit muddied there at times for them. So yeah, I think we'll definitely see within the next six months to a year if that situation becomes stickier, where new writers are struggling to mm-hmm. push their way in. So we'll see if the experience and the superiority kind of lend to that. But but yeah, good notes to make there. So that's kind of the first main concession that they got. Um, I'm, I'm kind of going in orders, at least in my mind, of yeah. least important to most important. So obviously that's super important. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> work, steady work, eh, whatever, the least important. Um, the next one I want to talk about is the uh, the pay and residuals uh, side of the agreement. So, mm-hmm. So... In the past, writers were paid a lump sum for the work that they did on a show or a movie, followed by these residual payments that could go on for years and and be really lucrative for them if their content like re-aired on cable and syndication mm-hmm. or was sold on DVD. But obviously, that was when the last strike, the last strike was in 2007 when DVDs became really big and that's when they got that uh, residual payment rule. But streamers now are obviously the big thing and now shows or movies that air directly on streaming platforms earn writers smaller residual payments if any at all so i'm sure you heard a lot of stories from both writers and actors alike talking about that like they get a check for like six cents from netflix or something because they get nothing because of their work that's premiering on netflix so on top of which people just like like uh, taking original content off of their streamers so they can stop paying residuals altogether. Right. Um, which sucks. Uh, right. I know HBO just did that recently, put some mm-hmm. stuff on Netflix to get rid of that burden. Weird stuff going on with, with rules like that. But um, so writers, so here's what happened. This is kind of fascinating and, and could like prove pretty interesting to like the public at large when we get down the line, I think. But so the first thing is writers who work on longer content that has a budget of 30 million or more and is made for streaming services, streaming services directly. So not like movies going on to streaming services that were in theaters. Uh, they got a per, uh, a pay bump percent raise uh, for the work that they do, just a, a base rate uh, with which the residual payments are calculated. So they got that going for them. And then we have writers who work on multi-episode TV series will be paid more per week for their work, 5% more, which is great for staff writers and 4% for some editors, but that's a whole other uh, beast to deal with. But the success-based residual is what interests me the most here. Um, This is kind of interesting. 
that this residual pays writers of streaming series and movies a bonus if here are the stipulations if the equivalent of 20% or more of the streaming services US subscribers watch it within 90 days of release hmm. so that would mean like you know shows or movies that, that come out like red notice would have received all those writers for that movie would have received the bonus because apparently it was the largest movie ever in netflix yeah. history so according to netflix <laughs> according to netflix which is also which is also the the big thing here because this kind of leads into a bigger thing that we've talked about a lot mm -hmm. which is will you show us this data will netflix publicly or netflix or amazon or apple tv whoever ever release the data or are we just taking it on good faith that oh this is everyone watched this in the first 40 hours or whatever blah 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 yeah so they're not they're not doing that fully but they are they did agree to provide the WGA with the total number of hours streamed both domestically and internationally of these films just to the WGA so we still won't know that for i don't know quite some time but I think that's the groundwork for hopefully mm -hmm. maybe at some point learning like how many people watch love is blind season mm -hmm. five, you know, and yeah. is that is that profitable? So what do you, what do you think about that success-based residual and maybe what that would mean for us going forward with the data? I definitely think that's, yeah, that's important. I think it's so far as like the, as long as the transparency is at least with the people who you're supposed to pay, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. I don't know if me learning that information does a whole lot. Does it inform the consumer as much? Not, not necessarily. Um, right. Maybe it makes people think that they need to keep their Netflix or something. Cause people are talking about these shows more or something. But like overall, sure. I think as long as the people who are supposed to get paid based off of the success, know, I think that's all that matters to me. Y yeah. I think now there is a world in which like, you know, journalists will sure journalists yeah. got like a hold mm -hmm. of this content then that would help the writers yeah, because totally. they're boosting their show saying that oh this has been watched by this many people and this is actual yeah. data so you mm -hmm. should go watch it too um so that could be nice to know that's fair yeah but i don't know it is a it's a gray area but obviously the wga wasn't fighting on behalf of, of journalists that's a whole yeah. other guild mm -hmm. so actually i don't even know if they have a guild i'm sure they do but who knows Probably not um, for movie journalists specifically where they would have conversation. I'm sure that's a different type of union. Yeah. Should we join that? If that, that is, one? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I'd love to be in a union. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really great going forward because, you know, people work hard on, on movies that aren't received very well, but get a lot of watches. So mm -hmm. I'm all for, for paying them that uh, money. So yeah, I think that's, that's solid. That's good. I think they got, definitely what they wanted there and then we reached the the big one jackson um this was kind of the what the deal that uh was kind of holding up negotiations for a long time because the producers did not want to budge on this but yeah i think the writers held out longer than anticipated where to the point where the producers in the studios were just losing money every day without more than they would have lost if they just had made the deal in the first place mm -hmm. hilarious so AI, artificial intelligence, um, obviously still kind of the non-starter what seems to be in this in the Screen Actors Guild strike as well. They're still mm -hmm. at battle with that because 
as far as I can tell with all the things that have happened that we just discussed, like it seems really easy to pay the residuals and, and, and things like that to the writers on streamers mm-hmm. or uh, the actors as well. But AI, I think they're really hammering in on with the, with the actors now that the writers kind of got what they want. I don't know. That's kind of my vibe. Yeah. What might be happening, but we'll see what happens. Obviously they're still in discussions. Maybe by it's the time tough. this airs, I don't know. They might not be on strike, but we'll see. Yeah, I think the biggest issues with AI for the actor stuff is like, okay, can we scan like background actors face and just use them indefinitely forever for like $100 versus right. like, can we pay these people a living wage every single day they come to work? Like, I think that's like probably the darkest application of that stuff versus yes. like, I mean, I guess maybe you could bring people back to life with AI, but you would still need like the IP rights and stuff from the families. And correct. I don't know how that would work. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I definitely think the fact that like we got it in the for, with the writer stuff is way more important because it's so much easier to hide. It, it's so much easier to be like less transparent about totally. uh, AI in the writer's room versus like on screen where you can see it. Right. And it's obviously I think both I think it took so long for both the WGA and the Producers Guild to kind of reach the the proper wording it sounds mm-hmm. like cuz i think this technology is still developing rapidly i still don't think we've seen fully what ai can do obviously mm-hmm. um so i don't think either wanted to incorporate language into the contract that would like backfire 3 years from now sure. like it, i think they were just trying to be as vague as possible uh which is which is a good groundwork and can be worked upon in the coming years as i'm sure ai starts to all of the creator take over our world and drop a nuke <laughs> on us. I don't know. Cool. But um spoiler. Yep. We'll keep potting as the world burns around us as always. <laughs> but um but yeah, this could prove to be an even bigger sticking point when the studios and streamers eventually turn to negotiations with the actors. So we'll see where that goes. They've been on strike since July also. So I don't know. For all all the things you said with with uh generative imaging and voice tech, it could mm-hmm. it's a lot scarier for them. So yeah, I guess like like I guess like maybe another application of it that could be scary is like oh we need to do reshoots or like voiceover work and right. like dub some stuff stuff in. It's like oh that's okay, we just won't pay them. We'll just dub their voice in with our AI or whatever. Because that stuff's getting pretty scary too, as far as like what we've seen. Um, literally mm-hmm. the other day I saw like a statement that Mr. Beast had to put out because someone like took footage of him talking and then just threw an AI voice of him over it to get people to like click on an iPhone scam, which kind of sucks. It's like, man, this technology is getting kind of weird. Yeah. And, it's... and our grandparents aren't, uh, skilled enough to decipher fake news either. So I, I worry about a lot of that stuff. Oh yeah. And I mean, even I read this week about like, if I go back to the creator, cause AI mm-hmm. is such on the brain, like. Gareth Edwards approached Han. So Hans Zimmer did the score for the movie. Yeah. And he approached Hans Zimmer first and was like, I, for like the aura of the movie, I want to feed like into AI, make me a Hans Zimmer esque score. And Hans was like, okay, sure. Ha ha do it. And then he heard it and he was like, it's fine, but I'm going to do the score for the movie. So I think there's also that application that could be scary down the line too, where you're hearing a score that is just AI generated also. Yeah. So, or yeah. Or like with the graphics and stuff like they did with secret invasion. And mm-hmm. I mean, like even I think Loki promotional stuff has been under fire for maybe using AI art, um, which is kind of stupid. And I don't think there's really no. like an artistic reason to incorporate it uh, because I think all it's doing current, 
like at least in, in this current stage because all it's doing is like normalizing it and making it more mainstream like maybe at some point you could use it to criticize an already established ai artistic world but definitely yeah. not right now yeah so all that is going on we will see and yeah i mean now you're starting to see they they unionized vfx at marvel and they're starting mm -hmm. to do it at disney overall they just agreed to do that so I don't know. There could be a point where we might see a strike there as well in the effects departments to kind of I hope so. That. But, I hope so. So yeah, we'll see there. But anyway, back to the writer's AI. Um <laughs> man, big, we can go on a tangent, tangent on there. AI all the time. So that's <laughs> fine. Um so here's what they got. First of all, AI cannot write or rewrite any literary material, and AI generated material cannot be considered source material under the current deal. So that's a huge win. Uh, the fact that like they wanted to for feed people's scripts into AI and learn to teach it to write. Um, so that credit is not going away. Um, it, it's also not source material. So the credit can't be taken away from writers in that regard. Uh, I think that's huge. Um, and this prevents material from undermining credits or other rights granted to the writers. So pretty cool. Um, however, this is where they're kind of is like a little like asterisk like the studios or the rules do not bar writers from using ai to help with the work um they kind of left that one yeah. open um and and like from what i understand it's like if you're given ai work and you rewrite it you get the credit for it but it's like still kind of i don't know i think it's still kind of weird and a little yucky there or yeah the company has to allow it and yeah. follow its policies and um, but yeah, and they're, the they're never going to be given uh like material that is AI and not been like everyone is disclosed that it's yes. like AI that they're working with and stuff. Right. And yeah, the studios can't require a writer to use AI software. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also big. But yeah, and as you said, the studios have to inform writers if the materials they receive were AI generated or contain any materials. So and then finally, the WJ reserves the right to assert that exploitation of the writer's material to train AI is prohibited by any law. So mm -hmm. it's not like a blanket. Don't do it. It's like a, if it comes up, we'll just, we're going to have a conversation it. with you later about it. Kind of right. As opposed to like when the first time they met and tried to get a deal where Ted Sarandos like sat him down and was like, no, you'll love this. And here's why. And like lectured them for an hour about yeah. the beauty of AI. So, so yeah, I think that's a, a big deal. Obviously, lays the groundwork and kind of keeps it open if this technology evolves uh, as we go forward. And those are kind of the three big stipulations within the mm -hmm. deal. Um, how does that all? How did that all sound to you in, in overall? I think overall it's good. Personally, for the AI stuff, I would have rather it just been taken off the table altogether. Yeah. Um, that's just me though. I don't know. I think I think I'm a little bit more pessimistic on the the I, I'm not on how AI is used, but on how rich corporations choose to use it. Like I feel it's mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, if you push this button, uh, a rich guy gets like a hundred bucks, but like uh, thousands of people suffer. And I feel like it's just like the responsibility of one person not to push that button. And I'd rather yeah. take that out of their hands altogether but you know that's how it works unfortunately yeah um <laughs> it's just i don't know it's it's such a it's such a harm for like one person's benefit basically and i just yeah. don't think it's worth it to like go down that avenue and i'm sure there are tools in which it can be useful and and all mm -hmm. that but i'd rather be very strict and then let up rather than make it wild west but it is what it is yeah and i think it's 
I think we're still going to see some AI stuff because obviously it's important to note that this is just America. So yeah. And I think that's another issue I have with it too. Cause like, I think some of the like stats for which they're paid through residuals are based on just American numbers too. Right. Like it's not even international. Yeah. I kind of have an issue with that too, but, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, Obviously, hopefully they can go back and start negotiating without going on strike again, like mm-hmm. these finer points. But yeah, to have the blanket, I think is good. But yeah, there's still definitely some some I's to dot and T's to cross. So we'll see. We'll see if anything comes of it. Um, I wanted to briefly discuss before we get into like what this all means. I wanted to briefly discuss some big winners and big losers of the strike. Okay. Uh, because I think there's some really funny ones and some tough ones. Uh, obviously, the writers, big winners. Good for you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. as I was reading, this is just so interesting. Um, in the absence of scripted shows on ABC, like Grey's Anatomy and Abbott Elementary, mm-hmm. uh, the Golden Bachelor Jackson, it got a primetime Thursday night time slot with a big marketing push, um, which is, is incredible. And they were like promoting this to mature audiences by like hosting screenings at retirement communities and oh plugging it at pickleball tournaments. So the Golden Bachelor, big dub because they didn't have anything to air. And they were like, apparently it was something that ABC wanted to do for a long time. And they finally found their window to do it. So, yeah, it was this like the first time the Golden Bachelor has ever been done or this is like the first yes. time they push it really hard. Uh, yes, they have not done the Golden Bachelor before. So okay. I think that's a, a big win for the Golden Bachelor. Obviously, I think we're going to see or have seen it's a big win for reality TV um, in the interim. I think we're going to see a lot more a big boom of reality TV as going forward. Um, we'll see. Keeping up with the Kardashians started during the last strike. So that can op- open up a whole can of worms as we get down to it. So interesting stuff there. Um, do you want to talk about strike force five Jackson at all? Your thoughts on, uh, <laughs> on these uh, guys? the podcast with five uh, late night hosts, including John Oliver, Seth Myers, uh, Conan. No, not Conan. Sorry. Uh, Stephen Colbert. And then the two Jimmies, Fallon and Kimmel. Yes. Um, I think the I didn't listen. To, I I saw clips and stuff. I didn't really listen to it. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. It was to pay for their crew, which I think is cool. Although I'm pretty sure not all of them fully paid their crew at some point or another. And so like maybe Tough. they shouldn't get the praise as much as they should. Um, I think I would listen to that podcast if it didn't have the Jimmies on it, I think is my conclusion. Because I don't really like them that much as personalities. Yeah, I think I'm on board with kind of all of them except Fallon also. And and during all of this, uh, I think it was Rolling Stone that put out a huge piece about the way that writers and treated on the Fallon show Mm -hmm. and and staff. So, but he's back to work now. So, and my thing is too, I feel like, like, especially Myers. Oh, no, Colbert too, because he did like his political satire show for so long. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. Oliver and like those two guys could have had really interesting conversations about politics and media and and stuff like that and i just feel like from what i've seen it seems like a lot of it had to be dumbed down and silly for the jimmies (laughs) to participate they don't Um, have deep thoughts yeah kind of yeah kimmel's been political but almost to the it's like kimmel putting a little bit yeah kimmel's stuff is weird because it's like on the street stuff of like look how stupid americans are and it's like i feel like there's better conversations to have than like just that yeah um i don't know and then um, Jimmy Fallon is just annoying to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I have not met many people that still are on board with Jimmy Fallon, but yeah, I don't know. He's just the dumbed down version of late night talk show, and 
yeah what can you is do? see the face of like late night gone bad of like it's over like this is the new era of this stuff sucks i i guess so i mean his whole show basically is i'm playing games with the guests and he's not a good interviewer i don't think no and, i don't uh, think so either he's got the best fake laugh in the game i guess or the worst fake laugh in the game <laughs> um i don't know i just miss conan every day is what i've learned i yeah. listen i listen to his pod all the time so mm-hmm. he is he's where it's at but anyway uh shout outs to, still however you feel about them they did pay for a lot of their writers and got a lot of um mm-hmm. got a lot of money to them so good for them i want to talk mostly about the losers here okay um which is funny because you mentioned it earlier you watched scream this week starring drew barrymore yes let's, t- let's talk about her <laughs> um, talk about the mist uh like as far as like <laughs> uh jumping ship to like be a dick and like get everyone to hate you and then like a week later i think uh it's all like figured out and everything's fine and you could have just waited out one week and you wouldn't have lost all your clout that you've gained over the years yep um (laughs) yeah for those that i guess don't know or kind of not been following it drew barrymore has a show on cbs the drew barrymore show Mm -hmm. they were gonna bring it back sans riders and she defended the decision. Uh, she was a like, I, I own the choice. She put out a, an apology video to everybody. <laughs> and she was like, you know, I thought to myself, if we could do this during COVID, why not now? Which is totally different comparisons. Yeah, because one's undermining the rights of the workers who are trying to advocate for better rights. Uh, yes. that's so stupid. So, so stupid. She posted that apology video. I got a chance to watch it before she then took it down. Uh, yeah also it was filmed in like the most regular looking part of her house i imagine like i feel like they're like all right this looks this is where we keep our junk mail this is where our little chalkboard is let's hide our nice furniture and all that stuff oh yeah it felt very very weird we saw that with mila kunas and ashton kutcher earlier (laughs) their their barn wall like next to their pool about Um, why danny masterson's is a a a cool guy actually and yeah he didn't do sex crimes against me um tough looks um yeah Anywho, um, the Drew Barrymore <laughs> stuff, this kind of like ruined her reputation a little bit with insiders and things like that. Other talk show hosts kind of took lead. Uh, Bill Maher, of course. I think it's tough when you're l- lumped in with Bill Maher. In a with Bill Maher. He's just, he's annoying. Even if he's right sometimes, which I feel like now is less and less. Yeah. Uh, he's really annoying about it in a way that I never want to be associated with. Yeah. Uh, Bill Maher, Jennifer Hudson too. Apparently, was I? Mm. I truly didn't even realize she had a show. Um, so I guess that's on me. But they all kind of took part in this, and then they faced down a picket line. Drew Barrymore got dropped as a host from the National Book Awards, and then she got some criticism from celebs, and then she finally shut down the video. And she was like, "Actually, we're gonna wait it out." And then the strike ended, and now it just looks really rough on her part. So. <laughs> hilarious i think still and she's always been kind of a an eccentric a weirdo and i just think uh that was a miss for her so bummer there um california's economy big loser they lost a ton of money because no one was working and then finally robots big loser sorry robots good try um so now just kind of what does this all mean going forward um obviously the writers got what they wanted mostly had to punt on a few things but Actors are still on strike. Do you see that coming to an end this week? Uh, like by the time this comes out, that could be over. 
I don't know. Yeah, but... I guess because like the big studios, you know, they're ready to come for a deal, get it over with, get stuff moving again. But now mm. they got one more strike they got to deal with. Uh, yeah. Maybe they want to get it done. I feel like if they planned on sticking around for a bit longer, maybe they would have held out on some of these demands. Because I feel like this, the strike, the writers did get a lot of what they wanted when the first time they met, it was like, yeah, we'll just like not like give you anything. And now yeah. it's like, OK, we'll give you basically a lot of what you want. Um yeah. So yeah, maybe they're ready to budge. Yeah, it's clear that the, I think the producers became desperate and mm-hmm. realized it's time to get back to work and we need to start making some concessions. They might have a long-term plan that we don't know about that they're going to spite us. I mean, I think we're already kind of starting to see that as consumers because I think Netflix the is about to raise the prices are going up again. and up and up and up. And I, that's yeah, that's the biggest issue with this. I think is that they're adding all these ad tiers and price hikes and. Netflix is basing their price model after their frame rates and all that shit. And I just hate it. It's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. Yeah. And Disney is about to crack down on password sharing as well. All that's going to take place also. So there are some trade-offs that are going to happen from the consumers, but I think. I think they underestimated like the fact that consumers would be in solidarity with the strikers and like would be cool with it. Um, Yeah. I think they really underestimated that. And who knows, maybe one day we'll get like a consumer strike against uh, some of these streamers so we can get better be awesome. quality. I, I don't think it would can ever consume, happen. Can subscribers form a union? Not, not like maybe not in the <laughs> traditional sense, but maybe vote with their dollar a little bit more. Cancel subscriptions. I just Wall Street I don't think bets. it would happen. Yeah. Can short I think the stock. I think a lot of the people who would be upset with how streamers work don't pay for their streamers anyways. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yep, I yeah, I would agree. But I don't see my parents sticking it to the man is all I'm saying, I guess. <laughs> no. And I'm I think... happily on their plans for now. Oh yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I think most people that maybe aren't attuned to all of this didn't even maybe didn't even know notice there was a strike going on, but I don't know. I feel like it's in the air cuz like the auto workers are on strike now. True. I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like the when famous people go on strike, it, it kind of... I mean, Biden was the first president to ever join a picket line ever, yeah. which is crazy. Um, So, yeah, I'm kind of happy with the auto worker stuff going on right now, too. Yeah, so I think it's good stuff. I think people are looking for fair wages and mm-hmm. it can it spreads to everybody. So I think it's good. The studios are still losing money the longer that actors aren't at work now. So if that doesn't get done this week, I guess I would be... Or early next week, I'd be surprised. Um, oh, I want to shout out one more winner of the strike too. Uh, Drew Carey, who was buying everyone yeah. lunch at this diner. Um, I think that guy is—he's stand-up dude. I I I like him a lot. Um, I read that he, it was like he covered the tab like four hundred thousand dollars is what it equated to. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, basically it was just a restaurant that was like twenty-four-seven like diner. And he was just like, yeah, like, I'll just pay this. And it, even when the day that the strikes are up, he goes, you guys got until midnight tonight. And that's when the tab is done. But uh, I think that's pretty cool. It's kind of, Yeah, cool. Just because it just turned into like a cantina for like actors and, mm-hmm. right, and to go to, which is which was cool. So they probably yeah. bonded there. So, yeah, great call there. Great dub. Any other winners or losers that you can think of from all I'm this? trying to think. I can't think of any more big I, losers. Uh, well, who was it? Stephen Amell, who was like, I don't oh, believe yeah. in strikes. Yeah, he, yeah, playing a, a character who was supposed to be a socialist in the comics of Green Arrow. <laughs> and that was like his claim to fame for like 10 years uh, in this role. 
And then he did this like indie movie that like he wanted to get picked up. And basically in the press conference, he said that he hated the strikes going on and he wanted them to be over. And then he like later was like, I shouldn't have said that. And it's like, yeah, no shit. I didn't know you were going to post that. Yeah. yeah so stupid. Did Zachary um, Levi do something? I can't remember if he said probably. something weird, but he's a weirdo anyway. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All in all good for the writers and yeah, great stuff. And hopefully we'll get to see the uh, the actors get a deal here soon. And we'll do definitely look through over that deal. Maybe do another one of these episodes. Maybe do a mm-hmm. bonus episode. Depends on when it falls and when it happens. But yeah, we'd be more than happy to do that. So looking forward to that. And any final thoughts, Jackson, before I move on to a little game I made for you? No final thoughts. Let's do a game. Amazing. Let's move to you feeling lucky. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And I was struggling to come up with a game for this. I didn't mm-hmm. know kind of where where to go. So it's less of a game and more of a, uh, like, can you name this list of ten things? Oh god! And so I did really bad last game we played. So we're gonna. I'm gonna help you out a little more here this time. <laughs> um, All right. So obviously, we just talked about um, residual pay, residual mm-hmm. based pay for. Uh, shows and movies that premiere that have a certain amount of viewers over a certain period of time. So given that template of at least 20% of us subscribers watching in the first 90 days, I'm going to ask you first with that template, the top 10 most watched Netflix original shows that would have met the that criteria. And this Gosh. is as of as of today. So okay. I will tell you that it leans far heavier into newer things and not older things. Okay. Of like um, their originals? Nef- these are Netflix originals. Okay, okay. So and, and I can give you I can give you hints along the way, but I want to see first how many you think you can just get off the off the dome. Uh my first inclination was uh Squid Game. I feel like that was huge. Oh, I should I should point out um in the United States. Squid Game the global doesn't even count. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That doesn't even count. Um, really? Do you it, see that they're making with, a reality show? I did. Of, uh, Isn't that weird? Of that? That's insane. Also, these numbers uh, Squid Game might be accurate. I got these numbers off a strange site also. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> I got it off um what's the site here? It is what's on netflix.com. So there is that. So okay. Squid Game very much could be on this list, but I'll give you a, I'll say yes for you. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that it's there. So it's, it's 11. So it's one. Sure. Okay. And I'll get rid of, yeah, I'll put it, at, I'll get rid of, um, cause I don't think you're ever going to guess Lucifer, which was one apparently. So I was not going to guess Lucifer. I'll put Squid Game in the Lucifer spot. For um, okay. Would Stranger Things, is that a guarantee? That's a lot. That's lock. number two. Number two, okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh. Ooh, Umbrella Academy. I think was kind of big. Is that on there? It was big, but not that. Not, not as that big. big. Not hmm. that big. Interesting. Okay. I will say two of them are miniseries. Pretty popular miniseries. Ooh, so popular that it had a spinoff board game that is not <laughs> chess and is in fact the Queen's Gambit, the game. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> That is number uh, five. 
Is that the miniseries? Yes, there is one more miniseries. There's one more on here. It's actually number one. Really? Yeah, I think it was this uh, last year or maybe earlier this year. Can't remember when it when it happened, but based off of a character from a popular franchise, also of uh, spooky origins, if you will. A spooky origins start a, a, a current scream queen. Oh, the Wednesday Adams. Yeah, show, right? that's number okay. one. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I didn't watch that at all. Like that didn't did seem a little. I don't, I don't think I even knew anybody who talked about it. Maybe we were just outside of the demographic. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. I. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big Adams Family guy. I've seen Adams Family, but I wasn't like, oh, Wednesday. Yeah. But, but I, I think like it's like an people... iconic character, but not one that I'm like super into yeah i, I think the jenna ortega of it all instead of the wednesday of it all probably i think she didn't even really she didn't even like the direction of the show and how it went. like she shit talked the show i think afterwards too I, are they doing a season two i have no idea Yeah, they are because i think she has more creative control over it now oh nice for, uh she said she wanted like to shift the focus towards maybe more of the character um, um so wednesday's number one stranger okay. things is number two number three is kind of a mini series technically um but it's a it's a true crime-esque uh series that happened last year it was really big a true crime on netflix yeah but it's like a it wasn't it's like a scripted series think like uh like ryan murphy-esque uh the only thing i could think of is like the outer banks show but that's like a season that that's not on there is it that's that's not on here but okay. think like uh like the people versus oj simpson type of deal think like oh. famous like a trial like a court case like famous killers if you will oh the Dahmer, the Dahmer stuff with uh Dahmer number three. Really? Okay. I didn't watch that either maybe i'm just like not big on netflix anymore well i mean we talked we talked about that over the the past year and a half i think where we were like yeah i don't know what's left on netflix you know but yeah i watched Dahmer. it was definitely oh you did okay blood blood curdling that was fun blood curdling I yeah like you like that um number four is I, another show i never watched but think like gossip girl-esque but like older older like, oh is this that like what's it called is it that grace and frankie show <laughs> no is that older when, Gossip I, Girl? when i say older i should i should preface when i say older <laughs> i mean like time period oh oh i don't know any of the i'm not gonna guess any of the some like, costume yeah like gossip what, girl like bridgerton or some shit is that what Number it is four, bridgerton oh wow yeah. okay and there's a yeah. spin do you know the spinoff there's a bridgerton spinoff no, that's on this is, list also. What is it's also on the list? Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get it. Queen what is Charlotte, it? of course. Would not have in a billion years gotten Me neither. That one. Like some of these I read and I was like, that makes sense. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so yeah. Um There's- okay, let me rattle off a few that I'm thinking of just off the dome. Is The Witcher one of them? The Witcher is on here. That's number seven. Okay. People I again didn't see The Witcher. I don't um, think you're gonna get the last two. Because I would I would never have guessed the last two. Is Bojack um, Horseman one? Not Bojack. Mm, that has a huge following. Yeah, it does. Um, 
Hmm. It stars. Uh, this the, I guess this was also a miniseries. They might be coming back with a, another se- season. This is number nine. Um, it's The Watcher. Did you watch The Watcher? No, I didn't. But I, it's funny. I saw someone talk about it. Mm-hmm. I just assumed they were talking about the Marvel What If show. <laughs> Fair. But I just didn't think anything of it. Uh, and, I, no, I, I don't know that one. And then the last one is uh, The Night Agent which just came out this year, which has a big following, I guess. Um, FBI agents, stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. So, according to this site, these were the top 10 most watched Netflix original shows of all time, mm. as of September 23rd. They need to bring oh. back, uh, what is it, Mastermind? What, what was that oh, one? Mindhunter? Mindhunter. That one was crazy good. Get my guy Fincher back. That show yeah. was awesome. Um now I'll move to um, movies, Jackson. Um, oh, okay. Of like your the, original movies? Yeah, these are the top 10. According to the site, the top 10 most watched Netflix original movies okay. of all time, according to their data. Some of these are shocking. Some of them aren't. Um, I feel like you can get at least one. I think the first one has to be uh, the Red Notice one. That was at one point what they claimed broke the records. It's number one. Um, so stupid. I have you seen that one? I watched it. It's bad. Um, okay. It's it's just green screen central aimless really? plot. People are like turning on each other and switching allegiances. The whole movie. It's stupid. It's something. And it's the most Ryan Reynoldsy Ryan Reynolds has been. Is he in any good movies besides the proposal? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> proposal is good. Um, I don't know. I mean. I know dead people like Deadpool, but he's just Deadpool now and everything. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I keep seeing like like I saw on Twitter someone being like, "Oh, is Ryan Gosling or Ryan Reynolds better?" And it's like obviously Ryan Gosling is in like way better movies. 100%. Like it's not even it's not even competition. Um, get out of here. Yeah. Get out, like out of here. Get out of here, Ryan. Um, I'm thinking of what's that one? Is is it Murder Mystery with uh, Adam Sandler and that? Uh... That's just off the list, but really yeah, okay. Because at one big. point, that was like the conversation for mm-hmm. like making those records. If we I were guess. doing just this year, I think Murder Mystery Two would be on this list, mm. um, which is a sequel. Oh, okay. What year. about Glass Onion? Yes, okay, that is cool. number eight. Actually, kind of low. All right, um, great movie. There's- uh, um, there's another Oscar nominated movie on this list. My thought was either oh, there's a couple though. There's marriage. This one was from um two years two years ago. So the Irishman, right? No, was that too far back? Too far back. Um, Power of the Dog. Think a lot of movie stars. A lot of oh, don't look up. Yeah, that's okay. Number two. When I think of Oscar nominated movies from Netflix, don't look up is not one that I think. (laughs) No, it's it's, it's (laughs) like there's like way better quality movies. Uh, that's crazy. Okay. All right. Um, number three. Uh, still think about that Ryan Reynolds wagon that you're on. Maybe this is a movie I haven't seen, but it's been on my watch list for quite some time. Oh, is it that project? Yeah. Or no, it, it's like with that guy who's in uh, Percy Jackson now. Yeah. Uh, the like Adam Project or something like that. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. And and Mark Ruffalo's in there too. So oh, really good for them. Good for um, them. Good for them. Uh, number four is a is a is a horror movie, ish. Um, ish. 
I mean, I, you would consider it a horror movie, I would think. It was really big, I think, during COVID was its big moment. Uh, Bird Box? No, yep. that was before COVID. Oh, okay. Was that before COVID? It might have been right before COVID. Because I, I remember we were talking it. about it. How like because I think I was like, oh, I think it's like got inflated because of COVID. And she was like, No, it, it came out way before COVID. We were just like starved for some movie to talk about. For oh yeah. Reason. It was like that and Tiger King. Where we were just Tiger like, King was like super inflated from COVID. That was like we were just so bored yeah. <laughs> looking for something. That was a sad time that we yeah. were in. Um and there's no f- other Adam Sandler stuff? No, actually. Really? Because um, he's like, because like I f- would have guessed maybe Hustle. Or like Hubie Halloween, despite being Hubie? like dog shit. Perhaps uh, at this, one point all these movies were, yeah. but as of right now, this mm. is where they stand. Um, it'll be a lot of recency bias on here too. But I guess I mean yeah. Russell was last year, so it's a good point. Um number five um is Ryan Gosling. Really? And it's an like an action-y movie. Oh, the gray man. That yeah. shit. Did you watch that? Did we? Did no, we but that? you yeah. said it sucked. And then I looked at the poster and I, the poster really turned me off from it. It looks so stupid. Yeah. It was um, tough. Which, which is dumb. I know I shouldn't judge a, a movie by its poster, but I'm gonna listen. I'm just waiting for Chris Evans to find his footing again. Did he have like a stupid haircut in that movie? Or am I thinking of Argyle mm. with uh... <laughs> Henry Cavill's haircut? <laughs> Henry Cavill. His hair is so stupid. Did, did, did he, he have like. Did he what have that th- kind of haircut? Um, I, I think he kind of did. I think you're right. Um, <laughs> did you? Th- what do you think of that Argyle trailer? That was something, huh? I is it going to be a shitty movie? It kind of feels like it. I mean, it's, it's releasing in February, so I'm a little weary of that. Because it doesn't. Ma- it's Matthew Vaughn, right? Yeah, and he did like Kick Ass and Kingsman. The Kingsman, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I like Kingsman. I'm not a fan of Golden Circle. Um, I kind of like the Golden Circle, but I get why people don't. Like, it's yeah. not as clean of a movie, but I think the world building is kind of fun. Yeah, it is cool. Like Pedro Pascal is fun in it. Yeah, um, Channing Tatum too. True. And Jeff Bridges. Yes, he plays yeah. the head of the yeah, that's American side. I like doing that stuff, and then like having it take place in like a whiskey like refinery yeah, or something. Like that's cool. That um, was fun. But yeah. Anyway, the Gray Man. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't look good. The whole like promo they did with like just the cat for like the whole. It's like, all right, cats out of the bag or whatever. Yeah. Um, It it also said from the twisted mind of Matthew Vaughn. It's like okay, like ooh, Tim Burton. (laughs) Um, for some reason, I'm gonna skip past number six. It's called We Can Be Heroes. Did you see (gasps) this movie? Yes, I did see this. It is the spinoff of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. That takes place like 20 years later and like, oh, it's, it's so Ro- stupid. It's Robert Rodriguez. Then. Yeah, it's Robert Rodriguez. Um, I watched it one winter break with Abby. Oh, Pedro and Pascal's in it too. Yeah, it's so weird because they recast Taylor Lautner does not come back to play Shark Boy. Shark Bummer. Man, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's like about their kids. Shark Man. And, but it's also weird because like, I thought all of them were dreams. And now they're like just in the world. So I don't know how that works. Dream, 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 dream. Yeah. Pedro Pascal, Priyanka, Chopra, Jonas. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I should have let you guess that one. I had no idea what that movie was. So. I don't think I would have recalled that one, <laughs> but I have seen that one. Um, Number almost there. Number seven uh, is a movie that came out this year. And I am still questioning if this is even if this data is accurate because I haven't seen it. 
It stars Jennifer Lopez, and it's a Netflix movie. I have no idea. I'm going to pass on that one. I would. This is called The Mother. Um, I have not even heard of that. She's an assassin in hiding, and she's looking to protect a daughter she left earlier in life. How about that? Hmm. And then uh, Glass Onion was number eight. And the last two are both an original and a sequel, back to back. Uh, The sequel came out this year. Is it like Kissing Booth 2 or some shit? (laughs) No. Okay. Um, It came out this year, the sequel did, and it's like an action action movie kind of franchise now, apparently. They're making a third one, too. What? It stars... Is it like the Chris Hemsworth thing? Yeah. The second one? Like Extraction or something? Is that what it's called? That's it. Extraction and Extraction 2 or 9 and 10. Stupid. Stupid. Who cares? So, yeah. There's the... There's the game, the data that I got from this questionable site. Look, I, I trust it somewhat. So there's that. Um, wonderful. Jackson, how about a quick fantasy update? And then we can get out of here. How about it? Let's do it. So this is from last week, uh, week 36, uh, when the creator and uh, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie were coming out. <laughs> so um, Jeff still in first. David still in second, Carter in third, Jackson in fourth. Let's go. Uh, a Haunting in Venice was still doing some money for you last week, so pretty good stuff. And Cody is in fifth. He passed Brian last week with Paw Patrol the movie, so shout nice. out to Paw Patrol. Sorry, the Mighty movie. I can't get those two confused. Um, So Brian was bumped to sixth for the time being. Matt holds down seventh, awaiting all those festival movies to, to come out for him. And then Poor Corbin. Uh, he's in the bottom. Reactions to the creator were good, all of which were positive. Um, but I saw before we got on the Exorcist Believer, terrible reviews. Really? Um, I think it was a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, um, bummer. So there's that. And I saw Foe, though, which is Brian's pick for this weekend, also mm-hmm. has like lower numbers than that, mm-hmm. which is surprising because that movie looked kind of good. So... Well, yeah, what's what's that one about again? That That's the familiar. um, it's the Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal one. Oh, really? People were like really looking, like hyping that one up because yeah, of so, Paul. I don't know. Maybe it's man. Saoirse is kind of on a dry run then between that and see how they run, which is when I drafted last year, which didn't do super oh, well. Oh yeah. She's allegedly in a World War II movie called Blitz. It's coming out hmm. at some point. I don't know when that's coming out, but I think it's a Barry Jenkins movie or a Steve McQueen movie. Don't remember which one. But a Barry Jenkins World War II movie sounds insane. Sounds uh, lit. I can't remember if it's Barry that... Jenkins or Stephen McQueen. I kind of hope it's Barry Jenkins. That sounds kind of cool. But we'll we'll see with that. Um so yeah, uh, coming up this weekend, the foe and the exorcist a foe and the exorcist believer kind of kind of take off and with the speaking of the wga stuff things can start getting back into work now i don't think there's going to be a case where movies that were delayed get brought back i don't think that's that seems unlikely very unlikely so yeah we we push on oscars race is coming up we'll start to see some awards and races for that in our postseason and before you know it season four will be here so or season three excuse me haven't gotten to four yet three whoa so season three season three so that's yeah, that's uh thank you for that reference. Um <laughs> that's the uh, that's the update for you guys and Jackson, do you want to tell the people before we follow us where we're where we're going next week what we're doing next week? Yeah, next week we are Carter, I'm going to be real with you. I have completely forgotten what we're doing next week. Amazing. Jackson, next week 
we're doing <laughs> RCR Top 100 back, and uh, we're doing The Shining, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. The Shining! Nice, yeah. we're back. <laughs> Beautiful. There must be a gas leak in my house, because I am super <laughs> forgetful lately. That's all right. Love it. Uh, wonderful. Yep. Come back next week. We'll get a little spooky action, October action, talk about The Shining, and how Stephen King hated it. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautiful. Now, Jackson, tell the people where they can follow us on the socials. They can follow us on Instagram at Refka underscore pod. Click our link tree and they can go to our brand new TikTok, which is also at Refka underscore pod. It's called Unreal. It does sick uh, movie trivia stuff. And yeah, there's some clips from our podcast and soon to be movie reviews once this strike stuff ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, where can they follow us on Twitter? You can follow us at roughcut underscore co. Check us out there. Check us out on FilmyApp too. I know we've got some listeners from FilmyApp. Hi, FilmyApp. Check us out. Hi, FilmyApp. Thanks for listening. And yeah, wonderful. We'll we'll see you guys next week for a little spooky action. And have a great week. Go writers and actors. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.